0: Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. I'm Pastor Sherman Burkhead, and this is Grace and Truth, a devotion that is designed to encourage you, but also to challenge you to grow in your relationship with Christ through a time in the Word and time in prayer. And today I'm wearing one of my favorite sweatshirts. It was given to me by my daughter, McKaylee, for Christmas. Um, And you can't see it through the microphone, but the quote says, I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. And this is one of the the most famous lines um, in a very famous sermon by Paul Washer. In fact, it's probably one of the most listened to sermons in the entire world. And if you have not listened to it, I'd certainly encourage you to do that. I've included a link in the description, or you can go to YouTube and just type in Paul Washer. It should be the first one that shows up. It's Paul Washer's Shocking Youth Message. And again, if you've not listened to that, I would encourage you to do that. But as we get started, I wanted to take a quick moment and share with you something that I'm I'm grateful for. Uh, as we start these devotions typically we talk about gratitude well today i'm grateful for our school district employees today i picked up my packet uh, for my kids for their for their work for the uh, for this coming week and it was evident that the the district employees are working hard and doing everything they can within their power to help our kids finish up this school year with all the challenges that we're facing with the, with with the coronavirus and us having to keep our our distance from one another. I am just really grateful for their dedication but I'm especially thankful for their love. In fact, one of the things I say at school boards Uh, school board meetings all the time is that the people that work in our school district don't do this for the money. They do it because they care. And that includes the teachers, the classified workers, and also the administrators. And I am grateful to God for them. But what about you? What are you grateful for? I would really love to hear from you and uh, you can certainly message me on Facebook, or you can email me what you're grateful for at fbcboron at gmail.com, or you can go to our, our website, fbcboron.org, and click the contact link and then get, get a hold of us that way. And, and this last week, I received a message from Cindy who said that she was grateful for so many things everything from the roof over her head to the socks on her feet to the refrigerator that keeps her food cold. She says, I have so, so many reasons to be grateful for, including uh, my family. And I would agree that we have, all of us, even in a time like this, have many reasons to be grateful to God. Um, And so with that, today is April the 7th. 2020. And we are now in the middle of Passion Week, which is known as Holy Week. And this is the week that's leading up to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that is celebrated all over the world in the holiday called Easter. And and I mentioned Saturday that last Sunday was going to be Palm Sunday. This is the celebration of Jesus riding triumphantly into Jerusalem, proving that he is the Messiah. And then Yesterday was Monday, of passion week where Jesus went into the temple and he made a whip and he physically drove out the merchants and the money changers of uh, That were in the temple by flipping over the tables and physically driving them out And if you have a picture of a meek and mild Jesus that never gets mad or upset, then you need to read about Jesus's um, driving uh, or uh, clearing out the temple of, 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 of The money changers and the merchants. I'm telling you it is um, it will give you a different picture of who Jesus is. And then on Tuesday of Holy Week, which is today, Jesus has several different debates with the Pharisees at the temple about things like paying taxes. And this is where we get the, the phrase rendered unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And, you know, they question Jesus' authority to, to preach. And then they also talk about the nature of the resurrection from the dead. And you can actually read about that in Mark chapter 11, uh, verse 27 through Mark chapter 12, verse 44. Now, I don't know if you realize it, but Holy Week has a lot to it, and that there are several great resources online that you can actually look to to help kind of visualize how this week plays itself out. In fact, Bible Gateway has a great resource on Holy Week or um, or Passion Week. It's a timeline of of, of Jesus's uh, activities during this week, also the activities of Um, His disciples and everybody that's connected to this event and it also gives you all the scriptures uh, References in the various timelines so that you can actually follow along the events of this important holiday link And I have included for your edification a link to this timeline That you can actually print off the PDF and then you can read the article that's attached to it I would encourage you to do so it is a great great help now as as we know This holiday week culminates with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus died, was laid into a physical tomb, and then three days later was literally and physically raised back to life. This is the culmination of Holy Week because because this actually is our hope, right? Which is what we're gonna talk about today, our hope that's found in the resurrection. And so if you have a Bible, please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're going to be reading verses 12 through 20. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 12. And it reads, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. That's the words of, of Paul. And as I said, um, this coming Sunday, right? This coming Sunday is a day where that has been set aside historically to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It coincides with Passover, but it, but, but Sunday is known as, as Easter around the world. Now, we at First Baptist Church celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday, but we celebrate it also every other week of the year as well. And the reason for that is because we continually talk about and focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus, God in the flesh, came into the world to live the life that we couldn't live, and then willingly went to the cross and died to pay a penalty that we couldn't pay by enduring the wrath of God on our behalf. And that through faith in Christ, he gives us his righteousness so now we can then stand before God unashamed, having a relationship with God. And Jesus then was died, he died and was buried, but then three days later resurrected, proving that he is what he claimed to be. And that is God in the flesh. And that and that he can do what he promised to do, which is to save us from our sins and the wrath of God. And we talk about this all the time. And the reason why we talk about this and focus on this is because this is our hope. Our hope is anchored to the resurrection. Our hope is not to live a pain-free, problem-free life here and now, because we live in a fallen, broken world. Our hope is to be saved from this fallen, broken world and from our sins and the wrath of God so that one day we will finally live in the presence of God where there is no more pain and no more sorrow and no more tears and no more disease and no more corruption uh, and no more sin. That is our hope. And that hope is connected to the reality of the resurrection. And that is what Paul says here. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our faith is futile and pointless. Our hope is meaningless. If there is no resurrection from the dead, there's no hope for anyone, not just Christians. But praise the Lord. Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And the resurrection is not just some myth that evolved over time. It's not just some spiritualized story to make you feel better when times are hard. The resurrection of Christ is actually one of the best attested to historical facts in all of antiquity. It is an event in history that is proven by the facts. The resurrection is a historical fact that you can depend on. And I'd like to share with you several reasons why you can believe and trust in the historical nature of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now understand, this is a short devotional video. I'm going to give you some points here. I'm not going to give you all the details. What I will do is share with you some links where you can continue to do your homework uh, beyond this video. But the evidence begins with the Word of God. The Word of God declares that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the Word of God for us as Christians, right, we believe is to be the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. The Bible is, as as Paul says, theanustos, or literally the breath of God. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is God's very Word, and we have great reason to believe what the Word of God says about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that's not the only evidence for the resurrection. In fact, there is much more evidence beyond the Bible. Like for the fact that Jesus was a man who lived in history. For an academic historical perspective, the historical evidence for for Christ is overwhelming. The historical evidence validates that Jesus was a real man in history. From an academic perspective, it's it's hard to deny that. Even skeptical New Testament scholar uh, Art Behrman Says that it's foolish to deny Christ's existence. He actually lived on the earth during the first century. The next thing is the fact that Jesus was tried and he was crucified. This is a fact that people want to deny, but again, this is beyond reasonable dispute. Ancient historians record this event, and all the physical evidence points to this reality. Next is the indisputable fact that the tomb was found empty. No serious New Testament historian denies this fact. The, the tomb's location was known publicly, and the tomb was found to be empty, and Christ's body was never found. And then there is the fact that Jesus appeared to his disciples after the resurrection. And again, this is a fact. This is not just some wish. Gerd Ludemann, a critical New Testament scholar, said it may be taken as historically certain that Peter and his disciples had experience after Jesus' death in which Jesus appeared to them as the risen Christ. Now, the only thing that people can do is try to discount that by saying, well, they had mass hallucinations or, or whatever. But that all those theories have been have been quickly discredited and they were discredited many years ago. No serious New Testament scholar will even even credit those. They just say that Christ appeared to his disciples. We just can't explain how it happened. And then you have, I think, which is probably one of the most compelling pieces of evidence, is the radically changed lives of Jesus's followers. These men went from, from, from people who were cowards, who ran for their lives when Jesus was arrested. Even Peter himself denied Jesus Christ uh, before Jesus was crucified. They went from men who were cowards, who were hiding in, in a locked room when Jesus appeared to them, to men of faith who boldly proclaimed The resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just in some obscure location, but in the very city that Jesus was killed in, in Jerusalem, they proclaimed that he was alive. And all of them, all of them were martyred for their faith, except one. All of them were martyred for their faith. They died horrific deaths all the while, proclaiming and never denying the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the one who survived, it was John, right? But he was boiled in oil. They tried to kill him, and then he was exiled to the island of Patmos, and he himself never denied uh, the Christian faith either. In fact, later in life, he wrote the Gospel of John, his first, second, and third letters, and the book of uh, Revelation. These men believed they had radically changed lives, and because their lives were radically changed and they preached the gospel, these men changed the world around us because of their faith. We are here today, and we have the values we have and live the lives that we do because of their work. They changed the world. That is the power of the gospel. And so you have good reason to believe in the resurrection of Christ. Now, again, I realize this is a very short summary. And I'm not going to ask you to take my word on this. Right? What, what I'm going to ask you, though, is to do the homework yourself. That's why I included several links to additional resources, videos, and things to read where you can actually go deeper and look at the evidence for yourself so you can come to your own conclusion. But but as for me, I am absolutely convinced that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and was raised to new life, proving that he conquered sin and death and has the power to fulfill his promise to save me from my sins and to take me home when it's my time. And I hope that 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 you're convinced of that too in fact if you would like to know more about how you can have a relationship with jesus christ i would certainly love to hear from you i'd love to talk to you how how jesus said to repent and believe the gospel and so again you can call me here at the church at 760-762-5149 you can email me at fbcboron at gmail.com and i would love to hear from you and talk to you about that but with that let's come before the lord and let us pray for this time and for so many people Gracious Lord, we again come before you grateful for those who have worked so hard to take care of our kids during this time, that they're trying their very best to educate our children so we can finish up the the school year. And Father, I right now want to lift up the seniors, this senior class, Lord. What a difficult time for them. What What a difficult deal they got that right now where they should be having fun as seniors they're having they're locked up at home missing all the activities and i just pray right now that you would comfort them and you would strengthen them and, and that father you would help them to see the light at the end of the tunnel and they would you would help them to see how special and important they are i pray father that you would just open the door for us to have some type of celebration for these young men and women who have waited all their lives for this this time so we're praying for the seniors in the class of 2020. We also pray, Lord God, for uh, the victims of this virus, Lord, that you would help them to get healed and that you'd minimize the deaths, Lord. We pray that you would help us to to get past this, that the curve would be flattened, Lord, and that, Father, that people would be able to return their lives back to normal. We pray for the frontline responders, the doctors, the nurses, the medical professionals, um, all those people who who work in the medical field, Lord, who are at risk, who are working to, to put an end to this. We pray for them and pray for their safety. We also pray, Lord God, for the people that work that are essential, that who have to serve and work um, in in this time with the public. And I pray, Father, you'd protect them and their families and keep them healthy as well. And Father, I just, I pray, Father, for, for uh, this community. I just pray, Lord God, that you would draw them to draw all of us closer to you. And I pray for those who are suffering financially, Lord, those who might have lost a job or have lost income through this, that you'd provide for their needs and that that they would see, Lord God, that you were their provider and not, not just their job. I pray, Father, you'd strengthen them and fill them up with your Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray, Father, for revival to break out in this community. I pray for revival in our world. I pray, Father, that Jesus would reign supreme and that in this time, Lord, we would see you moving and working and that your church would rise to the occasion to be the people that you're calling them to be and that we would love our neighbors and share the hope of Christ with everyone we come in contact with even if we have to stand six feet away from them and that father that you would be glorified in this and I thank you for that we give you the praise honor and glory in Jesus name we pray amen now before we wrap up just one thing I'm going to let you know is uh, Easter Sunday we had hoped that things would have, been, would have changed enough for us to be able to have an Easter service this Sunday here at First Baptist Church, but it's just not materialized. And we certainly just wanna respect uh, the authorities that are around us and trust that they're doing what's right. And then also we want to just be careful. There's so many people in our community that that are at risk that we want to just do our best to protect them as well. And so again, we're just going to live stream Easter Sunday this Sunday, but they're going to do a couple of things that are special. And one of the things I want to make you aware of, if you live in Boron and you're part of our church family, I want you to know we're going to do our best to have communion together. And the way that we're gonna do that is we're gonna go ahead and prepare the bread and we're gonna prepare um, bottles of juice and we're gonna put them in kits. Uh, We're gonna have our hands sanitized and washed and we're gonna wear gloves as we put those things together. Uh, But if you are someone in our church family in the community of Boron who'd like to participate with us um, and would like for us to get you a kit, then let us know. You can reach me, just email me at fbcboron at gmail.com or message me on on Facebook or call and leave a message here at the church, 760. 762-5149 Seven six two five one four nine. our goal is even though we can't be present together that we would be able to at least take the bread and the the cup together um, for this easter and we're hoping to do a couple other things special as well i'll keep you updated on that but i want you to know that you absolutely i want you to know you are loved you are prayed for and you are deeply missed i look forward to the time we can get back together as a church family in our building But with that, uh, we love you, grace, and peace. We will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.